Show number 14 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome William Shatner. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's a five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. prologue to the introduction to the preface to the show. That's right. This is not the show part of the show. No, we haven't gotten to the show yet. This is a special DVD-only special edition commentary, lemon-scented, etc., etc., which you will only get here. This is the red carpet. Yeah, this is This is the red carpet to our show because the show you're about to hear was recorded before the Emmys. That's right. But now we know it's after the Emmys. Bill won. Bill won his Emmy. We wanted to do a special prologue to offer him our very sincere congratulations on his second Emmy win. And he did a fabulous job at the Emmy Awards. The music that you heard that was leading into the prologue to the preface, etc., was um, a performance that he did at the Emmy Awards, which was just wonderful in this very stupid competition that they had that was called Emmy Idol. And it was a total fix for Donald Trump and Megan Mullally to win because of the four competitors, Bill and Frederica von Stad were the only ones where both participants could actually do what they were mm-hmm. ostensibly trying to do. Bill can do that speech, and Frederica certainly can sing that song. And you can't say that was true of any of the others. And I just want to say it was such a thrill to hear him do that speech again. And you could tell that they were both thinking this is like the silliest thing I've ever done because you could see the laughter bubbling up in her eyes and the lust bubbling up in his. (laughs) Of course, of course. And we want to thank everyone who voted in our Emmy Idol competition. Mm -hmm. And there were three people, you and me plus one other person, and we all agree, yes, he did her. Definitely did her. Definitely. He did her. It was a a very, very kinky scene backstage. (laughs) 
Yum, yum. So we were just so pleased. So, of course, we put this up on our blog with a, a, a congratulation announcement and a little picture and all that, which leads into the second thing we wanted to say in this prologue DVD-only commentary, which is that our blog got listed on the front page of blogger.com. Now, blogger.com is the place where all the Blogspot blogs are hosted for free. And they apparently take different blogs from their, their hosting pool and they feature them as blogs of note on their homepage. So anybody who logs into their blogger account sees this list and it's very easy to click through. And man, did people click through. So in the last couple of days, we have gotten more comments than you can shake a stick at. And they're still coming in, <laughs> still coming in. Even today, I think we got five or six new comments. And not just on the most recent postings that we did, but people are actually going back and listening to older shows. The older shows. And we are so thrilled. And the comments we've been getting just, they, they are delightful. And it's like the full, the full range of, of, of comments as far as, you know, the really brief ones or ones that go into more detail. But we're thrilled. We just love it's it. It's great. So I wanted to just read a few of the comments so that people could feel this amazing outpouring of love for Bill because this is it. This is the love-in for William Shatner here at, at Look at His Butt <laughs> of all places. So you can go read the comments yourself, lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. And people say things like, uh, Go Bill, has been is one of my faves. He worked long and hard to get his Emmy. Wait, did I just say what I think I said? Um Yes, you did say what you did. said, and we're so glad you did. And uh, someone else says, glad he won the Emmy, but I was disappointed that he didn't win Emmy Idol Contest for the Star Trek theme, because we all know he should have won, as you said. And then he absolutely should Somebody else says, yes, he has the sophistication of a fancy law guy and the spirit of a dude at Senior Week in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> Which is, and that's something I don't even really like to think about. But you know, I applaud the the, uh, the imagery there. Oh, and then just one liners like Shatner is the man. Woohoo! Go Bill! Go Bill! This is better than the time he did Iron Chef. Um, our our other <laughs> yes, our other vote in the contest. Marginally, um, marginally uh, better than Iron Chef was his Emmy win. <laughs> someone says, this is our other vote. Did you see the lust in his eyes during the Star Trek theme? He did that woman. Oh, yeah, he did. Yes, that was our, our third voter. Thank you for making it unanimous. Three out of three people say he did. Definitely. So. And then I want to read this one in full, even though it's a little bit longer. This is from, I think, a woman who has a name somewhat close to mine. And she says, well done him. I saw a wonderful interview with Bill Shatner, and I have to say I was spellbound. He was quite the most engaging person I have ever seen with so many elements to his character, his delivery about every subject, but particularly his take on the meaning of life, personal tragedies and blessings and place in the world were just riveting. He would be my number one dinner guest. What a great comment. <laughs> he would be my number one dinner guest, my number one dinner dessert, <laughs> and breakfast morning so let's absolutely uh, what else everybody else is just saying congratulations bill i love bill bill is wonderful yeah the mighty captain kirk he rules everybody has wonderful things to say about bill i am so glad to see so many people rallying around our banner of you know we love bill we want to look at his butt we wanted to talk about him think about him and and it's just that people are 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 joining in, and very, very few of the comments have been along the lines of, you know, you are so fucked up, and, and just stop this blog immediately. 
it's just really nice that most of it is positive and people who, who get what we're doing here. And sometimes I'm not sure we get it, but we do it. <laughs> so now we, we want to say, so welcome to all you new people who joined because of the, the yes, blogger yes, posting. Yes. I hope you will continue to listen and contribute and, and send in comments and make this, you know, a, a wave that's crossing the nation of love for Bill. The other, the, the other thing that has to happen in our wave is um, if you are subscribed to the list through iTunes, iPod, or anything like that, you should still check in at the website every now and then because we do put up things in between shows. And the thing that Lena just put up, and I was absolutely over the moon over this, is in our last show we had talked about, mostly I was talking about what I wanted in an iPod was this little badge size I could wear to the gym. And one of our listeners, Gregory from New Zealand, Gregory, we love went Gregory. To, the, to do a rendering of this. And it's the Starfleet badge made into an iPod. And I just screamed when I saw this. And I want this so bad that I am ready to, you know, forward this to Steve Jobs and say, get on it. Now you don't miss one more marketing opportunity here. So my prediction is that like a meme, this is going to spread throughout the internets, the interwebs, everywhere. And in like two weeks, you're going to see it on everybody's blog. And it's going to be the thing that people look at. and people are going to send it to each other in email. And when you get it in an email, I want you to write Yeah. It. I want to know. I I will give a prize to the first person to tell us they got it. Not that they sent it, but that they got it in an email. I, I will personally buy you a Venus Vibrance <laughs> and send it to you. You're the, if you're the winner of this prize. So there we are. Look at his butt changing the world. It's great. So so now we're going to get to the show part of the show because you're all waiting for the show to start. And um, we're going to play a little music and we're going to go into our show. Congratulations, Bill. Here we are at show 14. Entering the difficult adolescent years of look at his butt. It's kind of like the chrysalis stage. I okay. Think. Yeah. Or the or the crux point. <laughs> the chrysalis crux. The chrysalis crux. Wow, that is hard to say, but that would be a good band name, don't you think? Yeah. Chrysalis crux. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm going to start a band and call it that. Why not? We could sing folk songs. <laughs> okay, this is look at his butt. <laughs> <clears throat> I am Jungle Kitty going croak, 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 but I am here. And this is Lena, and we're both drinking Diet Werner's uh, ginger ale right Did now. Did you know they changed the packaging? Not not on the cans we have right this minute, but I have a couple cans at home. Really? Yeah, it looks this, different. Does it not have this little picture of the barrel on it? It's the same colors, but different. I yeah. don't know if it's got the barrel. You know, for people who are, are listening to this, who don't know what Werner's <sighs> ginger ale is... Oh, Werner's is um, a, a specialty brand of ginger ale, I would say. For a long time, it was only available on the East Coast, and then they started importing No, no, no. Really? For the longest no. time, it was only available around Detroit, oh, where it's made. Oh, my mistake. Yeah. My mistake. But um, Werner's is pretty much the champagne of ginger ales, I would say. It is so fabulous, and because I grew up around Detroit, I grew up drinking this stuff. Mm. And the first time somebody gave me some Canada Dry, I was like, what is this? Watered-down piss. Oh, it's terrible. Vernus has a huge kick to it. Oh, it's so gingery. It's it is. really quite delicious. And it's delicious. And the fact delicious. that they have diet Verners is just... And the flavor uh, of Verners is so strong that the fact that it's diet that makes no difference no, at all. It tastes great. So diet Verners is a tradition with us going back to probably like the very first time we got the together The time of the house. beginning. <laughs> this is the look at his butt soul. 
Diet burners, yeah. The soda pop no outwilder can drink. That's right. So uh, if you if you want to make us happy, send us diet burners. <laughs> That's right. Or yeah, okay. Okay, so we'll just say so that. talking about things people have sent us. Oh yes, we got um, an audio comment which we are so happy about. So first, uh, just to preface that by saying we love your email, send us email. But if you want to record something and send it to us, do it. Go ahead and make a little MP3 file and, and fire it off. And well, remember the guy who sent us the funny uh, where he added sounds yeah, to our EVE discussion? That, that was, was hilarious. So we love that kind of stuff. <clears throat> it's absolutely great. So this audio comment came from one of our fans named um, Landrew. Now, Ooh. I assume that's not his real name, although it could be his real name. I hope I hope it's not the real Landrew, <laughs> because he kind of looked like, I don't know, a demented piano teacher. He, he did. He had yeah. a little bit of a Liberace thing going, too. <laughs> with the, yeah, with with the, the hair. hair. Yeah. So this probably isn't from the real Landrew, but it is from someone who calls himself Landrew, Landrew which so, is cool. So we're going to play some of it, because the it, it's very funny. LT and JK. This is Landrew, but that's just the name that I use for this. I thought I would give you guys an audio email. I can't believe it. My phone is ringing. And there's the Star Trek communicator sound, just as I started this. I know I, I must sound like Gabriel from Trekkies, but unfortunately it's true. It's my phone ringing. And it's the Star Trek communicator. That's what a geek I am. Anyways, I thought I would give you guys an audio email instead of a regular email, because I'm a talker, not a writer. I love your show. Love it. Love it. Okay? It's great. Uh, I, I guess you could say that I'm kind of pretty much free-based it for the last 10 days. I just discovered it a couple of weeks ago and listened to one show and then downloaded shows 7 through 11 and listened to them all in a week. I listened to them all that whole week. In the car, I'm a salesman. I drive around and I listen to them on my CD and stuff like that. I now got my iPod hooked up, so I'm listening to them that way. But just totally free based on them. So, I feel torn when somebody compares our show to crack. <laughs> but in a good way. But in a good way. I think, wow, that's really cool. And then I think, hmm, what are we doing to these people? We're, we're doing wonderful things. We are we're breathing new life back into Star Trek 40 years later. That's and we're true. hearing from people going, you know, I never looked at his trouser snake before. That's and true. gosh, now I have something brand new to look for. So we're selling DVDs we here. Are. You know, and, we're you know, no, and seriously, a number of people have written to us and said, I haven't watched Trek in so long, but now that you guys are talking about it, I'm inspired to go back and rewatch some of the episodes. And that's a good thing. That That's a very good thing. So um, Landry sent us a very long audio comment, and I didn't want to play the whole thing. But he raised a couple of points that we wanted to talk about because, you know, feedback, we should always have feedback. That's right. Um, one of the first things is Fight Club, and we've got a couple comments mm -hmm. on that, and that's uh, that's very exciting to me. And Landu, I totally agree with you. The first half of this movie is so intriguing, and that whole idea of reclaiming the masculinity and how it's been lost in the modern world. That and I loved it because I haven't seen that addressed in movies, mm -hmm. you know. But you are absolutely right. The second half of the movie, the wheels fall off the wagon. It gets into stupid stuff, and that's why I said I couldn't give it a strong recommendation mm -hmm. because the second half really sucks and goes down the wrong path. Yeah. But I totally agree with you on your assessment of that. Yeah. Um, and Landrew pointed out, as did several other guys who sent us email that um, the whole idea of Shatner as a role model was right on and really important and something that just hasn't been discussed a lot. And when people talk about 
the impact of Trek and how it's so iconic and different things. Spock always gets talked about as the representation of, you know, the loner and the outsider. But hardly ever do you see people seriously talking about Kirk as somebody that you wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also, Landry mentioned, that to him it's the James Bond yes. thing. And I'm not a James Bond fan, but I can see what he's talking about, that... Um, Women want to sleep with him, mm-hmm. and men want to be him. And that that's the whole Kirk thing. So, you know, we're going to shine a little Kirk light on you, Andrew, for, for uh, backing us up on that one. And I think that observation works for William Shatner as well as for oh, Kirk. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Landrew brought up a couple of other things. Um, he had uh, a, a really nice uh, discussion about our discussion of Changeling, which was the episode that we watched a couple shows ago and talked about it. And he mentioned that, you know, there were some really good things about that episode, which you know we agree with. It wasn't a bad episode. Um, there were some, there were a few bad things about it, and I, I think the forced laughter at the end deserved a little more discussion. Well, it's it's because um, well, Landry was saying, you know, it's a cute joke, it's a fun joke. There are lots of you know fun jokes and wonderful moments, and yeah, that is a cute joke. My son, the doctor, but the problem for me is because it's the end of the episode, they need a way to put a button on it. Mm -hmm. So they have to laugh much harder than that joke merits. And Mm -hmm. I was saying it's like the Bonanza thing where they all, you know, they they make some lame-ass joke and throw their arms around each other and, I don't know, stagger off to the bunkhouse (laughs) for some cowboy buggery or whatever it is they're going to do. But, you know, so they all just, ha, 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 ha. And I can imagine the director with his, you know, yeah. eye on the clock off off a stage, you know, giving the stretch. Keep laughing, keep laughing. We're still running credits, you know. So that's what gets me about that. Not that I, I dislike the the joke or the idea of ending the episode on the light yeah. on the light note. It's just they put this very unnatural thing on. They it. do, you know. I'm just thinking about it now, and I think um, comedy in Star Trek is hard. And there have been some episodes that did a great job being funny, like Trouble with Tribbles, which mm-hmm. is always cited because it has an excellent script. And there are some funny things. There are other episodes that have some really good funny things in it, too. And I feel like the joke at the end of the episode is the one place where they step out of their characters. You're right. And they become actors who are now commenting on the episode. And You're that right. feels so hollow. Yeah. It doesn't feel right. And the other thing about... um. Humor in Star Trek, one of the things I think they did really well was in episodes that are very, very serious, there will be lighter moments, like in um, Amok Time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that whole scene where Kirk and Spock are talking about the birds and bees Mm -hmm. and are just as embarrassed as hell, it's a very funny scene, and it's not overplayed, and they do that so well. And one of the people associated with Star Trek, and I'm not sure if it was Herb Just or whoever, called that tap dancing, Mm -hmm. that, you know, whenever you're in trouble... You got you got to introduce something light, and they certainly carried that through the movies, and and I think really overplayed it yeah. in the Voyage Home. But that's one of the nicest things about Star Trek. But I really like your idea about they are stepping out to comment, yeah. and that maybe that's it. Maybe that's why it rings so false to me. Yeah, I think so because <clears throat> they they do the characters their senses of humor are established very clearly. So. Kirk has a sense of humor as a captain, but it's in very um, controlled ways. I mean, he's not a laugh-out-loud kind of guy. He's got this, like Shatner in a way, has mm-hmm. a sly sense of humor. And you you find out over the course of the episodes that Spock's actually a pretty funny guy, although in a bitchy way a lot of the time. <laughs> 
Which is okay. And, you know, McCoy is, is good when he's bitching at Spock, but he's also funny when he's with Kirk. And, yes. and he's just making comments on, on various things. Um, but it's that moment at the end where they're, they, they stop being their characters. And they stop using the humor as the characters would yep. use it. And it just goes all broad and it just turns into something else. Good observation. So, I... It's funny that they chose to do that over and over again, though. I think it's a 60s television thing. Really? Because, I, like I say, I strongly associate that with Bonanza. Mm. And I, I don't know. I, I bet it was in Here Come the Brides and, you know, all the hour-long right. shows, I'm, you I'm know, sure. the medical shows and everything probably sure. all ended with this this false hardiness. Yeah. I, I was just thinking, I mean, the funniest lines for me in Star Trek when, uh, when it's a, a sly kind of humor are things like, in the movie, when um, Kirk is standing on the deck and Sulu's taking the ship out, and and he's very oh no no um Savick is is um, piloting the ship yes. and taking it out for the first time, and he is so wound up, and McCoy just comes up very very quietly behind him and whispers almost in his ear, "Would you like a tranquilizer?" And Shatner's <laughs> so reaction that sort funny. of it's a very quiet sort of grunt and shake your head, but you can see he's terrified. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That is one of the funniest scenes ever, and and DeForest Kelly's delivery on that Mm -hmm. is perfect. I mean, it couldn't be more perfect the way he says it. think of the moment in uh, whatever the last one's called. The movie? Yeah. Where they're they're, um, in in Ruapentha. Oh, right. McCoy and Kirk, and the woman comes sneaking (laughs) in here, kisses Kirk in bed and slithers away, and McCoy goes, what is it with you? (laughs) (laughs) It's just... Delicious. It's so funny. Such good actors. Yes. Such good yes. actors. And so real. Just Yeah, and that's why it rings false when, when they are serving up something not real. Not real. Because they made that whole world so real. Yeah, yeah. They're better than that. Yeah, exactly. So one other thing that Landry brought up, which we can just um, discuss very briefly, he mentioned an episode called The Omega Glory, which we had referred to once before as being one of the not good Trek episodes. And um, he made some points about it being a good episode to see Kirk fighting in, which is true. Mm -hmm. He does get some good fight scenes and gets to brawl around. But for me, that doesn't really save it from being a bad episode. Well, and I remember the last time we watched this, and we only watched it because it was on a DVD that I have that has another episode. Mm -hmm. And we went, okay, we haven't watched Omega Glory in a long time. Let's pop it in. And it wasn't just you and me. I know there were other people there, so it might have been at a con. And so there's five or six people all going, oh, my God, would they shut the fuck up? (laughs) Because this story is so talky. And it's like a 10-minute story drawn out to an hour where they talk and talk and talk and realize they've talked too long, so a fight breaks out, nothing is resolved, and they go back to talk about the same stuff again. Uh-huh. So, yeah, if you were to, you know, cut this down to the Kirk fight scenes where you see, you know, lots of good butt stuff and the, the moments of humor, again, that that are there, you, you, you'd at least have something entertaining, but to have to sit through all that, that other... That just isn't. And I believe, isn't that an episode that was written by Roddenberry? It was. And his episodes are very preachy. They're so talky. Just talk, 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 talk. It's funny. um, We should watch that episode again. Talking about... No, 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 not that episode. No, no, no. (laughs) That's not what I meant. Um, we, We got an episode of The Lieutenant. Oh, yes. Remember? Yes. I have it. I, I ordered it from wherever yeah, we got it Yeah, because it's got Because Lockwood. it's got Gary Lockwood in it, which is great. And I really wanted to see him. And The Lieutenant was a series that was mostly written by Gene Roddenberry. Mm-hmm. And we both were like, oh, my God, it's just as talky as some of the talky Trek episodes. Mm-hmm. Where people, 
in this case, it was a lot of talk between Gary Lockwood, who plays the lieutenant, and uh, Robert Vaughn, who plays his commanding officer, where the two of them are just sitting there in the office, and they're yakking away, and granted, they're yakking away over important stuff. I think they were talking about racism and equality. And right. Isn't Michelle Nichols in Michelle Nichols is in yeah. either that one or, or one of the other ones, but it's just like, God, yeah. shut up. Yeah. Do something, you know? But, you know, Landry did bring up, or, or got me thinking about an important point, that in every Star Trek episode, except for one, which I will tell you in a minute, <laughs> but in every Star Trek episode, even if it's one of the bad episodes, mm-hmm. there are good moments. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes you have to go through a lot of talky shit or some bad action or bad special effects to get there. <clears throat> but there, there, there are wonderful moments. And the episode that does not have any wonderful moments, and you all think I'm going to say Spock's brain, <laughs> and I'm not because Spock's brain has a damn wonderful moment. Oh, yes. Which is a blowjob on the bridge. Yeah. And we'll talk about that in detail at some point. But the episode that has nothing whatsoever to recommend it is Way to Eden. Mm-hmm. That is a total, total embarrassment. Oh, those damn space hippies. <laughs> <laughs> we hate them. But anyway, to kind of wrap up our segment, I know you're thinking, my God, they have talked so long about this one guy's email, but he sent us like a 16-minute audio. It was fantastic. But he happened to mention that he is in Minnesota. <laughs> and... So kind of in honor of that, what we're going to close out this segment with is playing a little bit of a story that I wrote and then recently recorded because so many people, this is, this is so funny, but it's the, it's the story that has gotten more feedback than any story I've ever written. It's a comic story called Kirk and Spock Go Ice Fishing. <laughs> and it is a classic Kirk Spock slash story retold in a Minnesota accent. Mm -hmm. And we're going to play a little bit of it now. If you then, from the show notes, go to download the whole thing, you'll get a little bit more explanation of the the setup of it. But in in honor of getting this wonderful audio email (laughs) from Minnesota, where I was born, um, we're going to play a little bit of Kirk and Spock go ice fishing. You bet. You betcha. Well, don't you know, Kirk and Spock were out for a Sunday drive in their new shuttlecraft, wearing their good clothes and getting pretty good mileage to boot. Just cruising along, not exceeding the speed limit. They're good boys, you know. When the darn thing breaks down. It's still got the gosh darn dealer plates on, but it's deader than the bacon we had for breakfast. So they crash on the nearest planet, which turns out to be colder than Duluth in January. But they walk around the shuttlecraft a couple of times, shaking their heads. Looks like we're stuck here, Spock. (laughs) Looks like. Might have some good ice fishing, though. (laughs) Yeah, sure, might have. Well, yump and yiminy, it starts to rain, of all things. So they grab all the food their mothers packed for them and hightail it into a cave. Seems like things couldn't get much worse, but just as Jimmy's cutting into the sour cream coffee cake... Don't you know Spock comes down with the pond far? Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. A commercial? No way, dude. This is just to remind you. Email lookathisbutt at gmail.com. Website lookathisbutt.blogspot.com. 
We want to hear from you. Send us anything. Email, audio comments, pictures. You send it to us and we'll talk about it. This whole podcast recorded on an Apple PowerBook with GarageBand. This show is part of the Out of This World Entertainment on the Sci-Fi Podcast Network. TSFPN.com Lena, can we watch Comanche Blanco? <laughs> Una mas? <laughs> was William Shatner muy macho? Muy macho. <laughs> so, remember, last show we promised you a treat. Well, Shatner butt fans. This is it. This was filmed in Shatner vision. In Shatner butt vision. With the Shatner butt cam because... His butt is in this movie more than his face, and he's playing two roles. Mm-hmm. So there are two butts in this movie. The movie, by the way, <laughs> in case we haven't wondering. told you, is called White what? Comanche. White Comanche, filmed in um, 1968 in Spain. It so was, it's a paella western. Yeah, it was um, done between uh, seasons of Star Trek, between two and three. Right. And he's gorgeous. Oh, my God. He's playing two twin brothers. Um, that are half white, half Comanche. But unlike the Star Trek ones, they're not like black and white mm-hmm. on one side or anything. The cowboy one is incredibly handsome and mm-hmm. studly and wearing tight, tight, tight pants. The Comanche one is blonde as a surfer dude, <laughs> never wears a shirt, ever. No, and has perfect teeth. Has perfect teeth, has perfect everything. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. It, it, this is a terrible movie, by the way. I'm, it's bad. It makes no sense. And everybody else in it is lousy. And But he looks incredible. When he's the Comanche, mm-hmm. he looks so young. He, he looks about 18. He does. So, <clears throat> excuse me. We we had seen this movie before. And oh, yes. A long time ago. And um, uh, we the version that we had was on video. And, you know, when you watched it, it the quality was really bad. Which is not to say that the DVD version is any better. <laughs> but the DVD, this has just become available in the past, I don't know, a couple months on yeah. DVD. So we have it now, and that's why we decided to watch it. The transfer is pretty bad. Um, but I I really had not remembered from the last time that it was all about his butt. 
<laughs> it's amazingly it's all about its butt. It's in every shot. It's amazing. Um, the plot of the movie, such as it is, is just that um, the cowboy brother is good and the Comanche brother is bad. Wait, wait. Tell him the cowboy brother's name. Oh, the cowboy brother is called Johnny. Johnny, Johnny Moon. Moon. <laughs> Get it? So, uh, let's see. The cowboy brother's always getting blamed for what the Indian brother does, because apparently they live in the same five-mile radius. <laughs> and the Indian brother chews peyote and, and has visions, visions of grandeur. <laughs> right. So he's always doing bad things, like, oh, killing people, for example. So uh, this is all going to culminate. So is the cowboy. He kills like Well, that's true. People. There's a lot of killing. And, and everybody who dies gets it right between the eyes. <laughs> yep. If you get shot anywhere else, you're going to survive. Yeah. But it's that, that forehead shot, the, the chakra spot right there. Yep. Um, so that's kind of the movie, right? Is that they're, they don't like each other and then some stuff happens. And, and for some reason, in the beginning, they set up a showdown that's going to happen in four days. So you have to sit through four days mm-hmm. of nothing really happening, of stupid faction wars in the town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just just idiocy. But the leading lady, it's a drag queen, people. It's, it's, it is a, a, a big blonde drag queen mm-hmm. playing opposite William Shatner. Yeah. So I'll, I'll say right now that um, since we have the DVD, we're going to do a, a big old page of screen caps. So there'll be lots of butt shots. There'll be um, a picture of the, the tranny leading lady. Um, and a picture, uh, well, I'll put in probably pictures of most of the main cast members so they can see how goofy everybody looks, <laughs> including Joseph Cotton. Poor Joseph oh, Cotton. Oh, yeah. You know, he was an Alexander the Great as well. <laughs> He's in all these Shatner classes. <sighs> you know. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, there is a scene here in this movie, though, that is a heart stopper for the Shatner butt girls. Which is when he leaves the saloon. Oh yeah, and goes. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and goes through the swinging doors, and oh my God, every step the mm-hmm. jeans give him a wedgie. You can you could reach out and cup his cheeks with yeah. your hands. I think I'm gonna have to make an animated gif out of it. Like You're gonna have to. Time, it's required. It's just so good. It's required. So what other sorts of things? They shaved his chest. Of course. You know, but. That? His nipples are hard, like, yeah. all the time. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, at the end, he is both bloody and dirty, so mm-hmm. we like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of very bizarre characters in this movie. Uh, one is, I don't know, Don Rodrigo or somebody <laughs> like that, who sort of talks like Speedy Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, a guy who I said looks like a bad game show host in you. <laughs> He does. He's supposed to be um, like the the money guy who's, who owns the saloon and he owns the prostitutes and he owns everything else. And he's got a big toothy smile and always has a cigarette clamped in between his teeth. And I said, um, he looks like the evil Gene Rayburn. <laughs> he really does. He does. And he never hands out prizes. No. So he really is evil Gene Rayburn. And then in the middle of all this. <laughs> For a- no reason. For no reason. A guy shows up. Dude says, "Evening, Sheriff." <laughs> Suddenly, it's Elmer Fudd, and we come to find out he's a bounty hunter. Elmer Fudd as a bounty hunter. <laughs> so of course, my name he... is Elma J. Fudd, bounty hunter. <laughs> I own a mansion and a yacht. <laughs> when he gets the, you know, gets his gun out, 
Lena says, Wabbit season, and I completely lost it. It's so weird. This is a movie rich in, in badness and silliness and Shatner butt. Shatner butt. And there's a huge close-up of his crotch. Oh, we got to yeah. talk about this. When he's putting, when his he's gun. putting on his gun belt and... Bill likes putting on his gun belt, apparently, because uh, you can see things that aren't his gun outlined. Absolutely. He's happy to see that close-up. Absolutely. So it's a totally wacky movie, and, and we were saying at the time, you know, this must have been so much fun for him. He got a season off from Star Trek, went over to Spain. The wife and kids are at home in L.A. And got to sleep with a different woman probably every hour on the hour. Yeah. You know, since he was a, a fairly famous American star probably had a lot of money and just got to be like drunk and happy all the time and he you know in in these scenes you can tell he's enjoying himself Mm -hmm. he's he's bare chested he's wearing tight pants he's riding a horse Mm -hmm. and we got to talk about the horses (laughs) none of these horses walk normal the poor horses what you <laughs> they said was really prance that they were rejects yeah they they prance around like they're rejects from the lipizzan or stallions they do i was thinking my god their knees must hurt so we started doing horse dialogue of course you know please can i walk normal for a while no it is such a goofy movie unfortunately it's way too long it's um almost 90 it's more than an hour and a half isn't it is it an hour and a half i don't know i can't see a clock but around towards here. the end of it we were kind of going is it over yet really but <laughs> we're y- you know then now. all of a sudden there'd be a great butt shot and we would perk right up oh white comanche what a movie so we'll we'll screen cap a lot of the butt shots oh yes absolutely and um, he looks, I mean, his face just looks so good. And this is, I was saying, I think the only time I've seen him really look good in a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. And you were commenting, too, on these tight jeans he's wearing, how nice it is that there's no pockets on the back. It's yeah. just just Bill. Just and he's Bill. he's in this great denim jacket mm-hmm. that I, I love. He looks awesome. He really does. So, Shatner Butt Fiends, you can rent this from Netflix. That's where we got it. So it's on Netflix now. I was probably the first person it was sent out to because it's been on my wish list for a long time. Oh, well, it's nice to have something that we can do screen caps easily from. That's for yes. sure. Oh, and the other thing about it, in case you were wondering what that fucked up music was. <laughs> oh, my God. How could we forget this? <laughs> that we played to introduce it. That is the music from the movie. It's the weirdest movie. It's, this, it's so strange. It's this beatnik naked city sort of Move, music that doesn't go together and certainly does not fit this western. It makes no sense at all. It's got a little rhythm section going in the background, and then it's got that bass line going. And then the horns come in from nowhere playing <laughs> some other song to some other movie yep. completely. And the theme is repeated throughout the movie, so I, I think... The, at very strange times. It's very, very strange. Yep. What a, a genuinely weird production, but we're glad they made it. We are glad because he looks gorgeous. <laughs> so I think that that wraps us up on, on White Comanche, am I correct? Uh, I think so. I'm trying to um, think if there's anything else we needed to say about it. Um, it's one more movie we can cross off our list. That we have shared with you. And, you know, really, I was thinking... For Shatner butt things. Oh, there is a great fight scene that is totally, mm. totally shot in Shatner butt vision. And that's wonderful. I would say that 
this rivals Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. And the only reason Alexander the Great pulls ahead just a little is that screenshot where you can see actual naked cheek. <laughs> yeah, there's no cheek in this one. No. That's too bad. Yeah. There's chest. There's a lot of tan line. There is a lot you of tan You can see line. his tan line a lot. And that kind of, you know, that kind of bugs me because I like to think of Bill either sunbathing naked or wearing the skimpiest, you know, thing that he, he can. Do you think maybe it was just body makeup? Okay. Uh, would that make you feel better? <laughs> yes, All I right. feel so much better okay. now. Thank you. That would be good. And let me just also say about this DVD, this DVD is the cheapest piece of crap ever. <laughs> I'm looking, we have it in the DVD player right now, and you know how, like, the menu screen comes up and it usually has, like, all the stuff or anything? Well, what kind of special I features know. are they going to add to White Comanche? I mean, you put it in and it just comes up and it says, play the movie. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. But, yeah, or you can select a scene. And the other thing that kind of intrigued me is the videotape we have of this is such poor quality. And just cuts off at the end. Right. So I was thinking, okay, there's there's got to be a little bit more. And this just, bam, <laughs> cuts off at the end. That is it. Oh, so many strange things in this. Like the horse's hooves make noise on the, when they're on grass. On the grass, But yeah. not on rocks. Not on the rocks. And the, <laughs> the grass that they're on in parts looks like a golf course. Yes, there's some very strange green tinting to this. <laughs> I know, we're just making you all just want to rush right out and see this. But I tell you... The butt, the butt scenes are amazing. The butt scenes and Elmer Fudd. And Elmer Fudd. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so we give this two cheeks up. Definitely, two cheeks up. Sit up! Sit up, Sebastian! In our never-ending quest to keep you informed on everything that goes on in fandom and trekdom and buttdom and sextoydom. You know, if we did that, we'd have to be on the air 24 hours a day. Wouldn't that be just the best? I would love doing that. I would love doing that. But uh, there's an aspect of fandom we haven't talked about, and it's because we're really not that involved (laughs) in it, but we are aware that it exists, and that is gaming. Yeah. There are a number of uh, Trek games out on the market that are... um, different incarnations of the shows that have different characters, but many of them feature the um, cast doing voices or even cameo appearances in some cases. So there's been a lot of participation from the cast in all the different Trek games. Most of the games are built around you being a crew person on a ship or building your own ship and going on adventures and fighting aliens and basically doing what they do um, as far as exploring strange new worlds and that kind of stuff. Right, and our experience with this, of course, is completely out of sync. <laughs> because the way we ended up actually trying to play oh, one of the games story. is um, I was at work, and by the elevator were these boxes of software. People were cleaning out their offices or cubes or whatever and getting rid of stuff they didn't want anymore. And I see a Star Trek game, and it's called Starfleet Academy. And I thought, cool, and it's also got William Shatner. He's mm-hmm. in it. So, you know, of course, I grabbed that. Bring it home. Lena comes over, and we're going to try and play this. <laughs> and it's for 
Macintosh version 1.2 <laughs> version of the software or something, you know, long before they were naming it after cats and, and wild animals. And, of course, we're trying to, to run it under Panther or uh-huh. something. <laughs> and all we want to do is see the little movie bits that mm-hmm. have Shatner in it, which turns out to be impossible oh, cool. to do. But we also ended up trying to play just the game. Just to try. Just to try and play it. Just to see if we could do it. And keep in mind, we are not gamers. No. We had no gaming equipment. We're just sitting in front of a computer. And I ended up sort of writing a summary of this for some friends of ours. It's got a little bit of a script to it. So but we're just going to share this. We're going to do. Oh, I, we should also mention that we didn't bother to read any instructions. Oh, I, it, I think there were none. <laughs> we didn't have. There weren't any. You know, this was used software. We got the CDs, and that was it. So here, here's um, our little write-up on our experience in the gaming world. Yeah. So um, just imagine us, right? We're we're sitting there in in JK's house in her office. We pop the discs in and. The crap comes up, whatever it is, on the screen, and we're like, okay, what's happening now? We don't know how to work we don't know any how to of work the things. It, we, we don't have... know what the keyboard <laughs> commands are. We don't know what arrows to, to hit anything. Okay, warning. What follows is much worse and more traumatic than not being able to read what's on your pad or find your tri-locker or realizing you're naked in front of all the other cadets. But I'll describe it as a dream to help you distance yourselves from the horror. The head of the academy is out of focus. Kirk, in addition to also being out of focus, looks very uncomfortable, says some meaningless stuff, and wraps up with, risk is your business. All the other cadets, who look suspiciously like computer gaming geeks, applaud. Then you get your first simulator assignment, along with a surprise (laughs) gender change. Go to some sector and sweep for mines. Don't come back until you've destroyed them all. This sounds strangely like orders from my mother. Something about no TV until I clean my room. Press the tab key to blah, blah, blah. Targeting blah, blah, blah. Use sparingly blah, blah, blah. Gravity well blah, blah, blah. Press button one on your joystick. Uh, sir, hand waving. We don't have a joy. Blah, blah, blah. Button two on your joystick. But we blah, blah, blah. Good luck, cadets. Radio, sir, can we just have a minute to review the layout of the ship and the controls and weaponry and... What's that? We're already there? Okay, well, you, tell me what button scans for mines. And why is the mouse moving so slow? I'm hauling on it with both hands and it's crawling. I think it just moved by itself. Weird. Is that a mine? Why does it have brackets around it? Must be targeted. Cool, let's shoot it. Okay, nothing happened. What does this button do? Whoa! Barrel roll! Yay! Oh, there's that mine again. It's getting closer. Okay, what does this button do? Nothing. It's getting closer. Shoot it again! That doesn't do anything. It makes a noise. Zap! See? The mine's getting closer. Can mines do that? (laughs) What do these numbers mean? It's getting closer. Let's go to the ship's library. Read, read, read. <laughs> well, that was kind of not very interesting, and we didn't learn anything. And damn it, that maybe mine <laughs> is still getting closer. Hmm, it says here, reboot the simulator before you start your mission. Oops. <laughs> Do you want to drive? Um, didn't we have a helmsman and a navigator before? <laughs> I don't know, but now we have closed captioning. How very helpful. 
that mine thing is getting closer, and I'm pretty sure it's not a mine. I think it's a... Captain, <laughs> we're too close to the gravity well. Oh, thanks so much with that timely bit of info you... Didn't the head of the academy say something about not getting too close to a gravity well? Something about destroying the ship and killing the crew? What crew? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Command w. It says here, Command W activates the warp drive. Whee! Yay, we're oh, home! Thank God. Then the head of the academy, now looking meaner than Dick Cheney, comes on and says, You failed to complete your mission. Go back and clear that sector of mines. Well, can we have a better ship and a crew and a user's guide? You can have a bigger ship, but that means you get a tougher mission. And there are no user's guides in the 23rd century. Now hit Command W, you worthless plebes, and don't come back until you complete the assignment. Command W. (laughs) Whimper. So it goes on like that for about half an hour. But it really, really happened, and not in a stinking dream either. You have just experienced about five minutes of JK and LT trying to play the Starfleet Academy computer game. Jungle Kitty, SFA Dropout, signing off. So that's how it is in the gaming world, we think. We think it is. That was exactly what happened. (laughs) I mean, word for word. It was ridiculous. So the weird things that I noticed about this game. Now, um, some of you have probably played Starfleet Academy, so you tell us if you think the same things. First of all, it's it's like a murder mystery or something. (laughs) No, really. Where were the bodies? you have to solve some kind of plot. I don't know. It was so complicated. And that was only was. level one. <laughs> we were nowhere near graduating. We couldn't get through the entrance exam. So the filmed bits have all these extras who look like the people who work at the software company, mm-hmm. which I think they probably were of because course. they didn't do it. And then, yeah, weird stuff happens. Like you have a crew and then you don't have a crew. And we kept going... It's getting closer. <laughs> it was like something out of Galaxy Quest. I think we're the blue thingy. We're moving, and I don't think we're supposed to be moving. <laughs> but when we saw the thing ship's library, we thought there would be answers. Off we go. Oh. It was it was a terrible traumatic experience. It was, and um, so then we couldn't play anymore. Yeah, but the thing that that I did so this just to show you how deep how deeply geeky we can be. <laughs> As 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 Jungle Kitty was saying, the reason that we even wanted to look at it in the first place was to see the little filmed sections to see what Shatner looked like and to right. see how it went. So I went online and I found a hack <laughs> in DOS, okay, <laughs> in DOS, that allowed you to seek out and play just the movies that were on the discs, which we did. We actually right. sat there and did batches, and then we command-lined it, and we looked at them, and they were the worst clips I ever saw in my life. Oh, they they were terrible, and Shatner was in almost none of them. No, like two of them, the beginning yeah. and the end, and that was it, and he looked like he was just waiting for the time to be up so he could go get his check and go home. Yep, yep. Go swimming. Pretty bad, but um, our experience was, was quite shattering. <laughs> To, to have failed so miserably at the very, very first mission. <laughs> and Lena pretty much summed it up when she said, we're the cadets who arrive on the short bus. <laughs> we were. We absolutely were. We were the special ed people at Starfleet oh. Academy. And I don't know, even all those um, 
those study centers there are now that coach you and drill it into you, I do not think could get us through. I don't think so. What were we sweeping for mines, right? That was it. We were just trying to blow up the mines. I don't even know what the mission was after that. Yeah. We didn't get far enough. No. And we we finally, I mean, just shut the thing down rather than go back to the academy and face that mean (laughs) mean admiral again. Because he was so mean to us the first time we came back. We didn't didn't even want to come back the second time and see what would happen. We felt so bad. We were awful. It was awful. Then we had to go, like, watch Mirror Mirror or something to make ourselves (laughs) feel better. But so, you know, real gaming people... um, I, I respect your tenacity. Yeah. And, you know, playing these games and working your way through the different levels. And maybe it helps if you do have a user's guide and a joystick. A joystick that would help <laughs> when they're telling you, press this button on your joystick. And, and uh, you know, a mouse that isn't glued <laughs> to your desktop so that you could actually try to do the things. But we just, we were hitting buttons and typing keys and Command W was the only thing that worked. But it didn't do what we wanted it to do. What we needed was an Omega-13. That's right, to set us back in time. Yeah, just a little but bit. only 13 seconds, so we could just keep approaching that gravity well over and over and over. Oh, so I think that is the one and only Star Trek game we've ever tried to play, right? Have you tried to play No, those? no, we have several other Star Trek games. We do? They aren't computer games. Oh, those games! Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 I make computer games. You were talking about Star Trek Uno. <laughs> Which I love. I have tried so hard to get people to play this game at cons with me. For those of you who don't know, Uno is this card game that so idiotic four-year-olds can play. And that's pretty much the level at which I play cards. Because I cannot remember what's been played, anything like that. So I love Uno. And at a con, I found Star Trek Uno. And it's beautiful cards, you know, with the pictures of the characters. And it's got, of course, additional special cards because it's Star Trek mm-hmm. and it's got additional special rules. <laughs> and in regular Uno, when you're down to one card, you're supposed to yell, Uno! So everybody knows you're about to win and they try to prevent you. But um, in this one, you have to yell something like, Star Trek Uno, the final frontier! Or something ridiculous like this. And it's a long phrase that you can't remember. And if you can't say it, you know, you can't win anyway. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I would love... To, to play that. Well, we should. We should. have a, a group of people play Uno because it's a fun game and the Star Star Trek game would be even better. Yeah, well, we have that and then we have the other game, the Star Trek board game that John gave me a long time ago. You know what else I have? What? Star, a Star Trek host a murder mystery. Really? But it's TNG. Oh, well, we could play that. That'd be all right. Well, yeah, we did so well with Starfleet Academy. <laughs> now we're going to be police detectives. But that would be more fun. Okay. It's not a computer game, right? Then <laughs> no. We'll, then we'll kick ass. It'll be great. It'll be totally great. But we'll be missing parts, you know, like the, the, the plot book. We'll be we'll have the book that starts in the middle. We won't even know who's been killed. Really? And then one day, one fine day when we're feeling up to it, I think on the show we should read aloud some of the instructions for the Lord of the Rings trivia game. Yes. Because those were a laugh a minute. Oh, and anybody who can actually follow those directions wins a prize. We'll, you know. We'll, we'll send you a, they were, they a parting like, gift for playing. They were like the rules for Fizbin. I mean, just like kind of <laughs> they were. make it up as you go along. Make they it up as you go were. Along. Yeah, we were actually going to try to play it, and we ended up just sort of reading really? the questions. <laughs> and the questions, oh, my God, it's Lord of the Rings, right? But you had to know not just the movies, 
But you also had to know the books, which is okay. We've both read the books. We've both seen the movies. You had to know them in excruciating detail. Oh, yeah. And then you had to know stuff about the movies that was like, you know, who was the third assistant producer on this scene? And it's like, Right. On. And, you know, there was something, I mean, it was so ridiculous. It was something like, on page 43 of Fellowship of the Ring, what color are Mary's shoes or something? I mean, it's ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. <sighs> but that reading the rules are pretty fun. Reading the rules are fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure about the game, but <laughs> the rules are pretty cool. So that's our take on um, Star on Trek media the game. fandom <laughs> games. Really? Yes. So if anybody would like to add to our knowledge of games, or if you've played Starfleet Academy and mm-hmm. you'd like to tell us about it, yeah, we'd really like to hear it. So send us some email. Of course, if you tell us, you know, that you graduated with honors or something, we're going to be like totally intimidated and. It'll probably be a, 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 a traumatic experience for us all over again. It's true. I, I guess we should say, we'd like to hear about your experiences, and I'll, I'll say that email address, which is lookathisbutt at gmail.com. But um, don't think that you can help us to play the game. Because we're not going to. Because we're not going to. So <laughs> don't bother with, like, tips or, like, <laughs> God command or anything like that, because that's not going to happen. We appreciate it, but not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We've moved on from that, but we did want to share it with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think this wraps up another edition of Look at His Butt. Boy, we looked at his butt a lot, didn't we? Ah, yeah, well, White Comanche. White Comanche. That, White Comanche. We looked at his butt for a long, long time. And it was good. It remained good. <laughs> it's always, always good. good. It's the gift that keeps on giving. 